The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wooker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. is laying on the apron trying to get back and recover and now outside of the ring it is Tanaka and Diamond working over Marty Jannetty who has been split wide open Shawn Michaels coming out and pops a right hand and here it is Marty Jannetty being covered by Diamond and a three count I don't believe it I don't either absolutely don't believe it the championship belts Gary Darusha calling for the championship belts. How can this be? How in the world can this be? When Marty Jannetty was rammed into the ring post, an automatic disqualification. Jannetty bleeding profusely from the head. Jannetty again, oh. I repeat, look at that. Oh, Jannetty rammed into the post. An automatic disqualification? How can you do that? How can you allow how can you allow a man Rod to be Trongard, he walks away? Rod Trongard questioning Gary Darusha. Darusha insisting it was a three count. It's and a, I'll tell you what, Rod, not only is it a travesty, but I've got a great deal of concern for that young man still in the ring, Marty Janetti, oh, just cut so. wide open. Oh. To the combination of Diamond and Tanaka, they're good. They're, there's got to be a reversal right. on this. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Figures Toy Company. Head on over to figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com and check out 
the over 30 action figures in the Rising Stars of Professional Wrestling and the Legends of Professional Wrestling action figure lines that are currently being held over at WrestlingSuperstore.com and FiguresToyCompany.com. And if you haven't checked out any of these action figures right now, you will have the opportunity to do so as we roll out a fun giveaway as part of the Triple Threat Podcast and our two-man power trip show, giving away an amazing Tama Tonga action figure. So stay tuned to our social media for that. But let's get into today's episode. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I am joined by my tag team partner, the one and only JP John Paz. And John, on the two-man power trip for the next two weeks, we have the opportunity to cross off a, a very big tag team in the pantheon of wrestling and the uh, the days of us being hardcore fans from the era of Bad Company and the Orient Express as first we're going to be joined by the one and only Paul Diamond to kick off these two weeks of Bad Company and the Orient Express here on the two-man power trip. But what an awesome interview with Paul Diamond that you have headed your way today. A very rare interview with Paul Diamond where he opens up in a major way and almost starts this interview in perhaps the most unconventional way we've ever started an interview on either of the shows, whether it's this one or with Triple Threat with Shane and having some comfortable friends on the show. This one starts off in a pretty interesting way, but informative nonetheless and definitely dropping knowledge that I've never heard before. But John, I want to get you in here quick because this is a fun one to say the least. And you cover a lot of ground with Paul Diamond, but like I said, unconventional and uh, pretty informative uh, before you can even get into a, a casual introduction. Oh, yeah. You got to love the uh, cold open. Well, it's just a, a great start to the episode. You can't really, you know, once you get the conversation going, kind of almost pre-roll, if you will. We just had a great conversation going. We're like, yeah, let's just roll into it the way we're going to roll into it. And it's a very casual conversation. Told us some shocking stuff right off the that I, you know, you hear rumors and stories, but you don't know the true story from the guys that were involved in it. So that is a great story right off the bat, right off the tippy top of the episode. So I just love this one, not only because it was nice and smooth and easy, and just he's such an easy, pleasant guy to talk to, but so much good stuff. Whether you go bad company, whether you talk about the history with Pat Tanaka, we talk about AWA, whether you talk about Vince and the old WWF days, whether you talk about the Orient Express, Fuji and him being Cato and Sato being gone. I mean, just so much good stuff to cover. And he was quite, you know, possibly one of those underrated guys that kind of go under the radar and underappreciated by a lot of fans and a lot of people that follow the business. But I feel like when we get to interview these guys, we really kind of get to know them a little bit more than, than some other places you might hear them. And I know with Paul Diamond, you may not hear many other places because he's a pretty rare interview. So, I just love everything about the interview. It was great. I also, of course, love talking about Max Moon and what went went into that character, why he loved the WWF, what happened with Max Moon, the kind of the almost stop and start of Paul Diamond there with Max Moon and, and his singles run. So get in a lot of good detail, get into a lot of good stuff with Paul Diamond. And, of course, you know, we always do our WBNetwork.com slash TMPT network recommendation so that is wb.com excuse me wbnetwork.com slash tmpt and my wb network recommendation of course it's got to be 1991 world rumble and it's a story that we get into and we dig deep into it is 
the Orient Express against the Rockers, Royal Rumble 91. Awesome match to lead off the show. 20-minute match. Kind of a little bit of a rarity that you kind of get two mid-card teams at the time getting a lot of time, getting the showcase, and they get in the role of kind of, here you guys go, let's make this card awesome. Let's make the Royal Rumble great. You guys are going to get 20 minutes, set this thing off, and make it a great show. And boy, did they ever, because that is one of the most memorable matches and one of the most memorable Royal Rumbles of all time, because that's just the good old days of the Royal Rumble and really, really good stuff that happened back then in the WWF in the early 90s. So that is, again, one last time, wbnetwork.com slash TMTT for your free month of the WWE Network. And I am recommending to you, if you haven't seen Royal Rumble 1991, the good old pay-per-view, Orient Express versus The Rockers. And after these two weeks are over, if you don't know that Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty maybe worked uh, about as good as they worked with any other team than they did with Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. You're going to hear about it in a major way. And uh, the Heartbreak Kid, when he was a tag team specialist, needed the right dance partners, and Paul Diamond always seemed to be there. So there's no shortage of talent waiting for you in this Paul Diamond uh, interview, and I can't wait to get this one out there. Like I said, two weeks' worth of one of the more rare combinations of interviews, and like you said, John, you don't find this on many shows, so you know by listening to us that we're going to uh, do our damnedest to bring you some of these uh, hard-to-find uh, superstars of the ring, and uh, hey, that's what we do on the show. That's the beauty of it, so come back and check out because you never know who's going to be on next. So with all that being said, head on over to WrestlingSuperstore.com and FiguresToyCompany.com. Check out the rising stars of professional wrestling as well as the legends of professional wrestling line with over 30 superstars to choose from. They're perfectly in scale with other wrestling action figure lines and with the roster that they've got with some of those legends and some of those stars whew, man you never know who's going to pop up there but how about this one they just signed no gimmicks needed chris candido's uh estate to a new contract with figures toy company so look for the chris candido figure coming in 2019 and that is phenomenal news so with all that being said why don't you do this john let's hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and let's get it on over to Max Moon himself, all done. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTofWrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a former CWA, USWA, and AWA World Tag Team Champion. You may know him from 
bad company or the Orient Express, or you may know him as Max Moon, but he is Paul Dyke. Enjoy. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? How much you know about me? What you know about me? Uh, uh, let's just say I know uh, all the way from Texas All Star Wrestling to oh, right. uh, cool to pretty much uh, the Warp promotion <laughs> in Japan, ECW. I got it all. all right. So, do, do you know? Do you know why I uh, lost my job in WWF? You know what? I don't know. Because because you weren't, in, <laughs> it, was it was it a part of like the steroid scandal or anything like that? Like when no, they were like when no, Bulldog no. was gone or anything? No, 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 no I, be... can't, I can't believe you. Ne- you never, never heard the rumor. No, is it good or bad? Uh, well, it depends <laughs> on how you look at it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I um, wound up having an affair with Tonka's wife. Oh wow! Okay, and uh, she came to see me in Boston and uh, wrecked her car, and wound up in the hospital and having surgery. And everybody kind of found out, and uh, no, but that's been, so nobody really speculation goes in what happened, what happened, and nobody really knew. And you know, they never really would tell me anything other than they just waited till my contract expired, which is like a couple of months later, and I just got my pink slip without anybody saying anything. But they wouldn't book me or anything since then. And the reason I'm telling you this is because um, so, you know, after that, uh, we kind of split up. And uh, April 8th of this year, she tracked me down on Facebook. And uh, we started talking after 26 years. And May 31st of this year, <laughs> we got married. Oh, <laughs> wow. Awesome. Look at that. So, yeah, after 26 years and all that. That is um, a pretty crazy story, but pretty awesome. <laughs> right. And she's going through cancer right now. She's got breast cancer. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We're just trying to, trying to get through this. 
Oh yeah, that you know, because I, I mean, at, you know, at that time I was doing maximum and uh, things were going rather well, and then it just kind of, I guess that was a no-no. Although, you know, afterwards, uh, I guess we sort of were the uh, pioneers because after that, all of that, you know, happened. A bunch of different people did this and that, and they lost their jobs. But I guess back then, you just you're not allowed to do that yeah <laughs> so, yeah but that was yeah, pretty uh pretty strange and you know that like i said 26 years afterwards she tracked me down and here we are that's uh an unbelievable love story if you you think about it you know all these years later she tracks you down she you must have been on her mind uh, all those years uh, so she says yeah absolutely yeah I mean, we you know we we each had our lives, and and you know she was married and had three awesome kids, and I have the same. And uh, my ex-wife actually passed away a couple of years ago, and she's been divorced for a few years. So um, you know, just happened to both of us be free at this point in our lives, and could I ever? I mean, I just wouldn't. You know, when we started talking here in April, I would have never thought that. She came to visit me here in Alabama. Uh, she lives in California, and uh, we were here in home, and I didn't wind up at the courthouse. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a uh, that is a pretty great love story for the former AWA, CWA, USWA tag team champion, formerly known as. <laughs> Yes. Tato of the Orient Express and yes. Max Moon at one point. Yeah. So and, 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 and Venom at TWA working for Shawn Michaels. Oh, yes. Did we miss that? I, I think I did, but I was definitely going to mention that because you have a, a a long history with Shawn Michaels that oh my gosh, dates yeah. back to the 80s. Yes, yes. We were tag team partners that... Uh, uh, or you know the the first well actually Nick Kaniski was kind of my initial uh, tag team partner in the American Force and then he just wasn't real great so Sean had just come back uh, from I think um, after Watts and he was in Kansas City for a little bit and then he came back home to San Antonio so they they then made us the American Force we were kind of like the uh, sort of the uh, Rock and Roll Express of the uh, uh, Texas Wrestling uh, Alliance or whatever that what was it called? No, Texas All Star Wrestling. Yeah, all Texas Texas Wrestling. Sean Sean's was Texas Wrestling Alliance. Yep. But yeah, so you know, yeah, so we did you know pretty well. But then he left. He moved on to uh, AWA. And funny thing, because he always he always wanted to you know be a singles, but then he winds up in the AWA and he winds up with Gennetti for all those years. So it took a little while, but he finally made it to being a single star, which, of course, he's, I mean, I admire the guy with great talent on the radio. So when you first met him, did you kind of see the talent there? Because obviously one of the greatest of all time, but did you see that when you met him right away? Yeah, yeah. You know what? And uh, and he, uh, well, you know, we, we uh, kind of always travel together and stuff. And we, you know, we wound up talking about things. I mean, you know, it's just pretty much about wrestling. 
wrestling there, coming back, always wrestling, wrestling moves, this and that. And, and you know, he was uh, really very, very athletic. And so I can't, I mean, you know, I, he showed me and actually he, he taught me some things that I couldn't do at the time. And I still, I mean, you know, he was able to do backflips. I could never do that, but just, you know, different things. Um, and, and so I learned, uh, you know, some from him uh, as far as that went. But you know what? Um, Sean can kind of, yeah, it was it was weird because, uh, you know, at one point uh, we had had a, uh, a six-man tag in a house show and uh, things kind of got screwed up on the finish and he wound up pinning everybody. <laughs> hmm. and, and so then um, at that time, uh, Al Madrill was just kind of a, a fill-in booker. And so he said, well, you know, okay. So he, he gave me a singles match. Uh, next TV. And so I had learned some moves from Sean and I decided to use them on TV. And, you know, which I thought, no big deal. Well, after this show and stuff, and, you know, we're next week, we're getting ready to go to uh, another house show. And he, like, man, he lectured me, like, what, man, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be another Sean Michaels? You used to try to be Paul Nyman. You did all those moves, blah, 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 that I, and I'm like, what the heck? Where did this come from? <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Huh, what?" So that that kind of you know also gave me um, the other side of Sean, that and you know how he can be, and that was just the beginning of you know when he had some uh, power there in the WWF when uh, the click and all that, and he could really be from what I you know I wasn't around, but you know from what I heard from a lot of people but i never you know i always always liked him and we're always you know good friends and uh like i said so that you know eventually when i was gone from wwf and i was just kind of working here and there and he opened he had had his back surgery and you know he started his uh Sean michaels wrestling academy in san antonio and i ran into him uh in memphis and you know he asked me would i move San Antonio, and I wound up moving there, and you know, uh, kind of was his right hand man. I helped him with everything. I mean, you know, training, uh, booking towns, um, helping him with writing. We had a we had a, a thirty minute uh, TV show on San Antonio TV, and you know, helped him with that. And we were actually uh, doing better in ratings than WCW at that point. Uh, we had a nice little show there that was taped at uh, this. Um, Little, uh, Western rodeo type of uh, bar, and man, we were doing really well. So yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that, and you know, helping with all that stuff. But then, you know, after about a year and a half, I guess he had uh, decided that he was going to go back to try and work again. And uh, that's the one thing, you know, I, I never did understand. Um, he would never really, even though he knew what I could do. And, 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 you know, I think he pretty much, uh, as I admired him, he, you know, like my work and stuff, he just never would, uh, really step up for me and, you know, get me back in there. And I think, I don't you know, that's why, you know, the story that I told you about how I lost my job, I think maybe, I don't know, I said that point he felt uncomfortable going to bat uh, for me because of what happened there. I don't know, but he just never would, uh, you know, so. But no, yeah, he was, man, he, he, 
just from the beginning, you could tell he was going to be something special for sure. Was he, because there is that big rumor about it when he was down with his um, wrestling academy in his school, was he as injured as he said he was? Because, you know, there is a rumor out there that he wasn't as hurt um, as he portrayed. Well, you know, I I, I don't never, I never really, really saw him portray being hurt. So I don't know exactly because, you know, he uh, eventually uh as as we were uh, running this little promotion we did an angle where you know uh, i had uh took over the ownership of the company and we we wound up having i actually had a match with him uh it was called uh four four for history it was april 4th of 2004 or now wait a minute no it couldn't be i had four four it was four four actually it was 2000 but yeah so for april 4th so it was yeah it was called four four for history he made t-shirts and stuff and it was a uh a hardcore match and you know so whoever uh won that match if he had beat me he was going to win the company back but yeah so he you know we actually had a match and when he uh was the uh, trained like uh you know the the kids that we were training at the time. Uh, you know he would uh, at times get up there and you know do backflips, show him how to do that and stuff. So I don't know. I never really saw him uh, be like you know uh, horribly horribly injured. And like I said, he, he you know I mean that's why we had a hardcore match, I guess, because it's sort of you know you can you know we all use all different gimmicks and stuff, and we didn't really have to do you know a bunch of uh, fancy wrestling moves and stuff, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, so I, I'm not really sure. I don't think, I mean, you know, he'd had that back surgery, but I don't think he was. I don't, you know, I think he would have been okay if he had maybe, you know, worked uh, like part time. But surely he couldn't have uh, withstood a regular schedule of, you know, WWE, whatever. You know, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that he would have been able to do that. But if they just wanted him to, you know, work maybe once or twice. I, I don't see why he, you know, once or twice a month. I don't see why he wouldn't have been able to do that. I gotcha. I just love that even, you know, when you first meet him wrestling in Texas All-Star Wrestling, then you end up wrestling him in TWA. You guys obviously have matches in WWF. But I love in AWA and then, you know, as AWA. Well. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, no. Well, see, that, that you know, that's where we kind of really – uh, you know, AWA, they, they, at the time they would be AWA tag team champions and, you know, they, they had brought us in and, but, you know, they, I don't know, I, I guess because, um, Sean and Marty had had the belts for a while and, and they were kind of a little, you know, causing trouble, but not, you know, they were just kind of wild and stuff. So they could have really worked. Uh, 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 you know, a really uh, good long angle with us where eventually, you know, we could have taken the titles, but they just did it right away. Like the first time we worked with them at TV, you know, we wind up beating them in a non-title. The next time we took the titles and then they, they left, actually, they left AWA. Uh, that's when they went to uh, events the first time, didn't last, but I don't know. Uh, maybe a month or so, you know, they went, I don't know, I'm sure you know that story, whatever they, mm-hmm. you know, after TV taping, they were chewing, you know, in glass and stuff. And 
you know, then, then so they wound up going to uh, Continental for a little while, and then then came back, and then of course behaved with fence and stayed there. But uh, no, I wish they would have stayed. You know, when we were with uh, AWA for longer. But yeah, they took off after a while. So yeah, down or up there with Vern was pretty cool. But I was thinking about you and, and Pat Tanaka. You guys uh-huh. started teaming together in Memphis, and obviously that was kind of your right. main tag partner for a while against Sean. What was it like with Pat? Because you guys seem to have some awesome chemistry together wherever you guys went. Oh, bad, we, oh, bad oh company yeah. Or Orient Express. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we were just, it was a different gimmick, but the same, same thing. No, yeah, we always, uh, you know, we, I mean, I never, I really didn't have any other, I mean, yeah, I mean, Sean for the brief, but, you know, for years, it was always Pat and I. So regardless of what the gimmick was, you know, we, we I mean, you know, whoever we worked with uh, i think that's why you know they like what we did is just because we could put anybody over i mean you know uh like uh legion of doom you know i mean even though you know we, they're huge and we're uh tiny compared to them but we bumped our asses off with those guys and they loved working with us you know and i mean the, the office loved because you know the people were just going crazy that we had actually wanted to have a match with them on that nbc when they had that saturday night main event uh mm-hmm. you know had a match with them on there and we worked with them all around everywhere you know and they just loved it because they could just dump us you know like ping pong balls and you know that, that got them moving were great so yeah you know whoever you know we worked with we uh bushwhackers it didn't matter you know we could always find a way whatever the other team's style was we could uh, get them over whatever their best stuff was so yeah but uh, honestly you know uh loved loved the best working with the rockers i don't know if you ever remember seeing the uh 91 rumble in miami it was the opening match oh yeah yep they gave you about you know, 20 minutes yeah right right and i mean you know that sort of i we all kind of felt like that was kind of ahead of its time a little bit there you know we really i mean i enjoy that so much oh my god i was and that, you know but anytime you know we work with those guys it was always like that we just kind of had a feeling for what everybody could do and, and you know, everybody was thinking nobody was in a whole lot of screw-ups and stuff, so, you know, pretty cool. Not only was it the opener, it was an eye-opener, because it showed you how good they were, but how good you guys were, too. It was an awesome match. Love that match. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I think that that kind of, you know, had, because when, when I got hired by um, WWF at first, I mean, they just brought me in uh, as Paul Diamond, and I was kind of like in a quote-unquote Barry Horvitz position, you know, I mean, just kind (laughs) of putting people over, you know, but still working, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. And But then um, in one of the matches, where was it, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and uh, at that time, Orient Express was still Sato and Pat. And Sato, some, he, I think he went back to Japan or something. So, because, and I happened to be on the card. They wound up putting me and Pat together. And we had one of our matches with the Rockers in Cape Girardeau. And, you know, whoever was agent saw that. And so they suggested, well, you know, Sato had left and they needed a Kato to tag with uh, Tanaka. So, hey, perfect fit. So they, you know, they called me and just 
Yeah. What did you think about that gimmick with, with the mask? It just took a little while to get used to, you know. I mean, I had never wore a mask before, so it was just a little uh, getting used to. But after a while, it wasn't a big deal, really. It wasn't, uh, you know, anything major. Uh, no, it was okay. I mean, like I said, at first it was all, uh, you know, rough and stuff. But after a while, no big deal. Did you like the pairing with Mr. Fuji? <laughs> Mr. Fuji. Yeah, you know, it was, it was great. I, you know, we had to. He he would always ride with us. I mean, that was kind of our responsibility. Uh, we drove him to the towns, and uh, you know, then wherever we went, of course, of course, Mr. Fuji knew every uh, Japanese Chinese restaurant there was in every single town, and so we wound up eating there a whole lot. But that was pretty cool. He was he was good. He was a good guy. He was, you know, but kind of sometimes he just kind of would be, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, of course he wanted to get his stuff over. So, you know, in a match, he'd like, uh, you know, when I hit somebody with a cane or something, and mm-hmm. God forbid that if he, if he hit somebody with a cane, that you pick the guy up and throw him into the ropes. Oh, no, no, no. You don't, I mean, how the heck would anybody be able to walk after he hit somebody with the cane? <laughs> that was his idea. That was his attitude. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he just you know that was kind of funny. But yeah, he was he was a good guy. He he was a practical joker. But anybody that uh, would play some on him, he couldn't take it. Especially his uh, you know his top hat. Oh my God, you didn't mess with that hat. God <laughs> forbid you touched that hat. <laughs> Holy cow, you were in trouble. But he, you know, he could do anything, you know. But yeah, no, because Janetti would always mess with his hat, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he'd go crazy and find out that the hat got squashed or whatever they did to it. Do you remember any good uh, ribs or any good pranks on Fuji? On, well, I mean, you know, uh, that's primarily just kind of like like that with you know with with them. I really nobody really had uh, sort of uh, didn't really want to do anything, but other than Janetti, he just didn't care who did to what. So I mean, that was primary. There wasn't anything. But now, as far as Fuji, you know, doing ribs and other people, oh my god, I I can't actually. But we were—I forget—we were in somewhere in Massachusetts, and um. One of the uh, Japanese uh, reporters, oh my, someone like that, I forget the name, the guy's name. He was like a reporter from Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, we were at this uh, restaurant after uh, the matches and stuff, and, um, and this guy was sitting with us, and Fuji got him drinking and stuff. And then, uh, Man, yeah, no, the, yeah. After, I mean, the guy wound up drinking it, you know, and then Fuji wind up telling him that what he did after the guy drank it, he got upset and started like crying and stuff. <laughs> but that, that, but see, that's what you know. That's what I'm saying. You know, Fuji just, uh, just kind of would be like that. He, he could rib anybody, but you know, God forbid that somebody would rib him, and he, he just wouldn't take it too well. So, 
but there was, you know, some guys like that. But, you know, he always thought it was funny and it really wasn't that something. But, you know. So, I mean, Did you guys think you, you needed a manager like Fuji at that point? Uh, you know, I we really were never great talkers. And especially, you know, they wouldn't even let me talk because, you know, the mask and I wasn't, you know, uh, obviously oriental. And, 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 you know, Pat was never a good talker. So I guess uh, in that aspect, I imagine that, you know, fit as good as anything. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, you know, we weren't really ever going to be the top tag team or you know we're in the middle so yeah i think that 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 fit us just fine uh and and for that reason i guess it was um sort of useful to have Fuji with us like i said because they wouldn't even let me talk and then you know uh pat just was never uh, uh good talker so now with you guys obviously you know you had matches against the hard foundation another great team haku and barbarian I mean, so many great tag matches mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you guys yeah. seem to be able to kind of mesh and just have good matches basically with anybody is that kind of on you guys that you're able to adapt to those different type of teams uh i, I really yeah i really do think so you know i really do think so because like I said, you know, whether it was the Bushwhackers, which uh, was uh, completely kind of a, a different style, and, uh, you know, if you were with big guys, like the Bump and the North Rockers, again, it was, you know, uh, kind of great uh, spots to fit together and stuff. So, really, we kind of figured out, you know, whatever the team that we were going against, whatever their uh, strong points were, that you know we could get them over and so yeah and i think you know most of them enjoyed working with us for that reason i mean you know i mean our our, uh, thing was to get them over and if we got them over we knew you know we would be over so that was the the main thing to us i mean we weren't gonna you know try and take 80 percent of the match there's no reason that it just wasn't going to happen like i said if you know we knew if we got them over there that'd be appreciated so yeah that, that, that's basically the way we always wanted to you know make sure that we knew what their strong points were and got those things over and everybody loved working with us i feel like the royal rumble kind of was your event for for a couple of years because 91 was the awesome match against the Rockers, and then 92, the Orient Express yeah, against Night the Heart. New Foundation, Nightheart and Heart. Owen. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, God, uh, rest his soul, Jim, here, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, losing him, you know, that's going to end. I can't believe I've started to change the subject, but just how many guys have passed away, you know, since, you know, no, no, I stopped working. I stopped actually just talked to Pat called me when Jim passed away uh, that day, and uh, man, just how many guys have uh, died? It's crazy. But oh yeah, that was uh, a really good match uh, against the New Foundation. And see, then you know, uh, by '93, uh, the uh, Royal Rumble at that point, 
prior to the 93 Royal Rumble, you know, I was doing the Max Moon and uh, I was going around and uh, working with uh, Terry Taylor you know, on the road. And we were having really, really good matches. And so the plan was the opening match of that 93 Rumble was going to be Max Moon against Terry Taylor. But once uh, the affair uh, came to the forefront, they mixed that and just threw me in the Rumble match and put me in there for two minutes and I was done. Crazy. And the story, I guess, goes that Conan was originally supposed to be Max yeah. Moon. Which oh, yeah, was- that's true. That's, that's very true. Very true. Uh, he uh, initially, you know, approached, I guess, the base with this. Uh, that costume, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what Vince was thinking because he had all these pro Conan had come uh, with these with these huge, humongous leg pieces and this um, uh, kind of a helmet with lights. And I mean, oh my God, there's no way that I had tough, you know, just when I was taking on the road, which they cut it down to where I just had those arm pieces at one side, shot flames, and the other one, like shot confetti. Uh, just those two things. And that was enough to carry in, the, in this trunk. And But all that other stuff would have been possible. There's no way. And, you know, uh, so, yeah, Conan, they kind of working on that. And uh, actually, you know, it's kind of a funny thing because he had uh, one day, he just never showed up, showed up at TV. And um, I was, uh, you know, they had the three sisters uh, that were sewing the costumes and stuff for the guys. And I had been talking to them and you know, I said, man, they made you guys, you know, rush to make that costume. And now you don't need anybody, have nobody to put into it. And if, you know, you just made a couple of small alterations, I bet you know, I could fit in it. And at that time, like Vince's office was just like literally across the way, and he like stuck his head out and he goes, "What are you guys? What are you talking about? What are you laughing about?" I said, "Oh, no, nothing." And I just repeated that. I said, "You know, if they just change the thing and few small alterations, I bet you I could fit in." And he goes, "Ah, yeah, okay." And he just, you know, shut his door, and we kept on talking. And like a half hour later, he came back out and he pointed at me and goes, "You come here." So what? <laughs> what? What I do? And he called me into his office and he goes, you know what you were talking about earlier? He goes, okay, you got it. It's yours. Do what you want with it. That's how I got the Max Moon at the beginning. Wow. The way things happen in wrestling sometimes is just crazy. Is that, you know, right. Supposed, supposed to be for Conan. You say you can fit in the outfit. You, you take Max Moon. Did, was there any yeah, more the, like instruction of what like the gimmick was supposed to be? Or, or did he go into no, detail with no. you? No, not at all. He, that's what I, like I said, he just said, it's yours. Do what you want with it. So he just, whatever I saw that as what I wanted it to be, that's what he didn't matter. You know, like I, you know, incorporated those roles and stuff when the match, I mean, that was just mine. I just, you know, kind of wanted to make it different. And, uh, you know, uh, I had uh, initially got trained by, uh, Boris Malenko and, and, you know, uh, uh, Joe Malenko is really, I mean, he, I met him first. He's really a, a good friend. And then uh, Dean also. So when I started the Maximum game, like Dean had helped me with, you know, getting some new moves and things like that. So I, you know, because I knew 
for that and I needed to have some fancy stuff and you know really prior to that I just mainly been a heel and my main thing was you know bumping and of course now Max Moon I had to be able to do uh, you know uh, offensive fancy movies and stuff so he, he you know, showed me a few things that I wound up using there and stuff but no yeah I mean I really you know like I said I really enjoyed working with Terry Taylor he was you know, that was great and I know we would have had a barn burner had we had got a chance to work at that 93 rumble. But yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, weird things that do happen, just like, you know, uh, who knows really how long, you know, I may have stayed there if, if not for, well, you know, the circumstance that uh, I told you about. But I don't regret that, you know. I mean, uh, unfortunately, things happened and, uh, I'm just glad that, you know, I, after, you know, all that time and, you know, to marry the girl and uh, my God, I can't imagine now, you know, not having her in my life. So I don't know, it just kind of worked out in a weird way, but it's just great the way it is now. So took a while, but everything uh, seemed <laughs> to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I just, uh, we, we, we kind of discussed like wondering what our lives may have been had we had stayed together back then. But then again, you know, uh, you know she, like I said, has you know two great kids, and I do as well. And we had those, so I guess uh, you know things happen for a reason, and here we are. So. Absolutely. As far as Max Moon, the character the gimmick, you know, whatever you want to call it. Did you actually enjoy, you know, the this, this brief time that you, that you were playing the character, but did you enjoy it? Did you feel that that was a part of that new generation that Vince was looking to create? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, you know what? I, I, was, I was just trying to be the best that I could be uh, to uh, you know, I guess uh, advance my career uh, as far as it could go. So if he wanted me to do Max Moon, uh, then I was going to do Max Moon, you know, the best that I could. He wanted me to do Kato, well, I did that the best I could. And, you know, I, I mean, you know, my main thing was just, uh, like I said, you know, how far could my career go there? And, you know, I, I know, I, I mean, I know what my shortcoming always was in wrestling business. And, and that was, you know, really not being a very good talker also. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I, I think my work was pretty admirable, but not being able to really talk. I just don't think I was ever gonna, you know, probably could have held a, a strong middle spot but I wasn't going to go past that. I understood that. So, you know, whatever they wanted me to do, I was just going to be the best I could be at whatever it was uh, that they gave me. But no, I mean, you know, I, so, you know, answer your question, not, not necessarily, but yeah, I mean, whatever it was, you know, like I said, that, that they had given me, I was just going to be the best that I could be. And so that, they realized that if they needed, you know, 
something else. Well, hey, this guy, he could do this and he could do this, so, so we can use him. You know what I mean? So uh, the more uh, versatile that I could be and they could use me in different places, you know, uh, thought of, that could have made my career last a lot longer. So. What I definitely remember about Max Moon is that IC title match against your old buddy, HBK, yeah, on, uh, on Monday right. Raw, which, which you lost. The, the very, very first episode of Raw, you know, I always, that's my kind of claim to fame. I was on the very, very first episode of Raw. <laughs> yep. And, you know, uh, the funny thing about that is, uh, so the Max Moon gimmick, right? Like, so it had the two pieces, one, like you push the button and shot flames and the other one, uh, confetti. Okay. So, and if you ever, if you get a chance and you watch it, there's like one where they shoot it, like kind of from up high and you can see this. All right. So I walk out and, you know, put my arm straight up and hit the button and like the flames is supposed to, well, I hit the button and nothing happens. And there's a cameraman with the camera on his shoulder about uh, say 10, 15 feet in front of me. And so I pushed the button, nothing happens. I put my arm down and I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm going, and so as I go to raise my arm and get to shoulder level, where now it's pointing straight at the camera guy, the thing goes off and the ball of fire goes straight at his head and he drops the camera like he had been shot <laughs> and just drops straight on his face and later like he had burned off uh like he had a uh, a beard burned off some of that and like some of his hair and part of his eyebrow one time <laughs> oh man that was crazy but, yeah um, just, uh, another little snafu there with uh max moon gimmick <laughs> a little bit of a snafu, wasn't very, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't very reliable that stuff really i just never knew you know uh, yeah, I, no, yeah, he, he dropped like, you know, he's like somebody shot a bullet and I just flat on his stomach and just let the camera fly. And I don't know, hopefully it didn't <laughs> damage anything. It does seem like a gimmick that, that Vince would kind of uh, get behind. I know giving it like just the little things that, that could go wrong, but it seemed like he did put some energy in it where he was kind of thinking, oh, this thing's going to shoot fire or this thing's going to shoot confetti. Right, yeah, you know, and I, I think well, you know, like I said, obviously, you know, he, they were, because uh, at that time, I think J.J. Dillon was still in the office, and, you know, they had called me one day at home, and J.J. did, and said, you know, you know, we really, really uh, appreciate the work you guys are, you know, you're doing and stuff, and you have an awesome matches, and so we're going to have that as the opener of the Rumble and stuff. So, you know, and of course, I was going to, you know, go over in that, and I think I was then. I don't know how far it would have gone from there. You know, I never did get to find out, of course, because as uh, I got stopped. <laughs> but yeah, yep. I, I think Tatanka was ready to kill me. So, you guys and, ever ever talk and get over that? Um, no, or, or he no, still hates no. you to this day. No, I, I he probably does. I, I don't know. I never really, you know, asked. Why, once he found out, um, I tried to talk to him. Um, he would have nothing to do with me. And I think they basically just probably told him to stay away. And, 
you know, we'll, we'll get rid of them. So, and I had, you know, I'd actually, I talked to Vince, uh, at, at that, uh, first episode of rumble you know, before, uh, the show and you know because i wanted to know what the heck was going on and that's the one thing you know he, he lied to me straight to my face but i guess i can expect that uh, you know, so well, yeah you know we're going to keep you we're just going to keep you guys kind of and because at that time we we're still running two shows a night you know so we'll just keep you in, in separate shows because that i mean you know really that was the only way uh at that you know at the time that you know his wife would come out on the road to see me well he was always in the other town. So, uh, that's the only way that, you know, that was ever going to work. I mean, I'm sure she wouldn't have uh, came out if he was going to be in the same town. So, I think she would have paid attention. But yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, so no, we, we never, I never got to, never got to talk to him or anything. But I can imagine, you know, uh, how that I can see how that would be, you know, really, really uh, uh, one of the worst things that you know you couldn't really be embarrassed by. Just another one of the guys on the guy. That's the worst possible thing. And that was just uh, back then. It was just taboo, taboo, taboo. That that is uh, for sure. So that kind of obviously leads to your exit. Vince lied. You get released. So where do you end up after that? You end up going to the USWA, or did you end up going to Japan? Uh, Japan. Some. Um, let me see. So yeah, yeah. Japan for a couple of years. Uh, I kind of sort of got out of it for a little bit, but then yeah, then uh, you know. After a couple of years, sort of just kind of laying low. Then I started back uh, USWA, uh, and then uh, went back uh, Poly and uh, ECW yep. for a while. Um, you know, and then after that, then Sean. Then I ran into Sean, and so ninety nine, two thousand. Uh, you know, went to San Antonio and worked with Sean and. That was pretty much after that, and he closed that down. I'd found out at that point my dad, you know, was sick and dying, so I moved back to Canada and uh, was up there for a year. But passed away uh, the next year, and there was a guy up there that was running uh, like a promotion, the Canadian Wrestling Federation or something out of Winnipeg. But you know, so we were just running some shows there. I helped him with the wrestling school there and uh, stuff like that. And that was pretty much, you know, the end. After uh, I had moved back to San Antonio, I didn't really work a whole lot anymore. Just here and there. And then, you know, we'd go over here to Alabama in 2004 and worked a few shows around here as well. But so I think really that the last match that I, you know, had was probably like 2005. And, you know, my body just, you know, because just the way we had to work and, you know, how much we had to bump and stuff, and my knees are short, and I just, I just know what like to get in the ring and jail. You know, I can't believe some of these guys in past, you know, worked until recently, and some of these guys that are still working, to me, it's just insane. I don't see how. But, I, but you know, also realize that they didn't, they didn't bump, maybe 
plan for the time that I did, so I obviously imagine you still might be able to do it. No way. No way. I want to ask you too um, about WCW because I know you made a brief stop there yeah, as, Hi- as Haito. <laughs> Which is yeah, nice. yeah, that was just uh, you know they, yeah. I mean, and, and that was kind of I, I never did understand. You know, Eric Bischoff was in there and stuff, and uh, nah, don't get me started about Eric Bischoff. I mean, you know, he, he was a guy that uh, didn't know his, you know, left from a hole in the ground. And when we were in the AWA, he was the guy that was operating the camera when guys were doing interviews in the AWA. And then, uh, you know, I think um, they started doing some interviews. And then how the hell, well, I guess Greg on and stuff. Because uh, Greg Gagne was in WCW at the time. Mm-hmm. And also, and he got Eric's job there. And then, you know, Eric winds up, you know, getting a big job, push, promotion, whatever the heck. And, you know, we just still had no clue. I remember, you know, so they brought me in. Yeah, I, I worked with uh, Steve Austin on TV. I worked with, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Johnny B. Bad. And, you know, here's Eric, you know, I had a really good match with Johnny B. Bad. And, you know, he I saw him come over there and he's talking to uh, Johnny. Oh, man, yeah, you know, that was really great match. And, like, what, I had nothing to do with this? Like he, that, he had this match for himself, <laughs> you know, and, and so that's why you know. So really, if you're thinking like that, then why wasn't he having great matches prior to this, you know? And so I didn't understand why they they never did hire us or me. You know, both of us we had worked, I think, a tag match, I think, with Steamboat and and uh, Lauren one time on TV, and. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, so primarily just, I thought that and we had worked uh, like in Chicago against uh, Kevin Solomon Island. But anyway, you know, I, I truly I thought I mean, we were for our ability for sure. We, we should have got a job there, but it just never happened. For sure, you, you guys should have got a job. You guys, team, or even you as a singles. I just remember a couple yeah. of uh, ECW shows as well. You in '94 versus Shane yeah. Douglas, our buddy Shane Douglas, for the uh, oh yeah, yeah for the yes, yes, for right, the world yeah. title for the ECW title. And then right. I remember '98 uh, yeah. when Bam Bam was the champion. You fought him for the world title. So you had a pretty right. good run in ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and that like, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much, uh, you know, that, it was, it was a, an okay place, but I've never seen a more disorganized promotion in my life. show would be starting at 8, and it would be 8.15, and Polly still wouldn't have the card made up. Hmm. I, I believe hmm. it. God, what's going on? Who's your, don't, I mean, oh my God, this was, only cow and and, it, and and like you know when they promoted the shows there's no way there was uh, just a list of names but I mean we didn't know what the matches were 15 minutes after the show started how would you know what the matches were going to be when you're having to put a poster out to promote a show but no it was yeah it was really really uh, man it was just uh, but, uh, but again you know it was a place to work and it was okay um 
um, at the same time, you know, okay, so I went, uh, when I went back to work uh, for Polly in uh, like 98, well, sorry, 97, 98, and then um, I had went and saw Sean at a, a WWE uh, taping uh, somewhere in Indianapolis, maybe, I don't know, something. And, and happened that uh, somebody from ECW was at that show and they saw me there. And that's why I got fired from ECW because, quote unquote, I was looking for uh, work at WWE. Wow, all the while Paul was getting a paycheck from Vince, too. Right. That's pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, so I never even going to get that. And you had a nice little run in, in New Japan. I mean, Liger, Buda, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of great matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You know, and... Uh, yeah, but, you know, they brought me over as Max Moon as well, you know. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that. But, you know, I think what ended my uh, New Japan run was that uh, I had got the last, I think, out of the last three times, two times I got hurt. Uh, I worked with um, Liger, and I broke my foot. And then I worked. Oh man, who was the kid that um, had tagged with Hawk? Kensuke Sasaki. Yeah, and and he he like went to power slamming. He whipped me. I mean, he really you know whipped around really fast, and so wound up tearing my groin. And both of these, you know, the first time. You know, breaking my foot. That was uh, maybe only about a week or ten days before the tour ended, and then. But the the second one was pretty early on, maybe about not even halfway through. And you know, they're great. I mean, they're gonna give you all your money. But the fact that you know I didn't make it to the end two out of three times, you know, they didn't book me anymore. After that. What a career you had, and, and, and what a run. You know, as as we wind it down a bit here, I just gotta ask because. We're going through WWF, you know, amazing match here, amazing match there. Going through New Japan, going through ECW, talking WCW, USWA, AW. I mean, you wrestled everywhere, and you had good matches everywhere. Can you remember some, obviously, outside of the two Royal Rumbles that we talked about, that you had, like, favorite matches or, or top matches, if you will, that, that are near and dear to you? Uh, other than other than those... Uh, yeah, um, uh, singles with Shawn Michaels in at uh, uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, just a house show, but it was just uh, you know, and uh, not that it had anything to do with the fact that it, you know I went over in the match because it was kind of a in that show we had uh, Pat worked with uh, Marty and I was. Sean, and you know, so it was just kind of some kind of a um, screw job on the end where Pat came down. But really, but you know, I just really, you know, the, the, the being in Madison Square Garden and, and the response, and uh, you know, just it was, I don't know, it was 
Was it against uh, El Samurai and Otani? Is that the tag match? Mm, no, you know, no, they have. I, I don't. I just don't remember. Um, but uh, you know, and then even you know, something like when I worked for Sean. Uh, remember the guy Wolf D and and uh, uh, then uh, and Jamie Dundee. Yes, right, right, yep. right. And, and so I brought, and we had brought Wolfie in to uh, San Antonio. Uh, and so I, I worked with him at, at where we did TV and stuff. And we did a thing where uh, it was like, like I said, the, the Western uh, kind of uh, atmosphere and stuff. And they had an upstairs and, and a downstairs. Well, so we had got two tables. And then at the end of the match, uh, Wolfie winds up stacking two tables, gets on the top of the second table, and he goes upstairs and dives off the upstairs, and we go through two tables onto the floor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, you know, that was fun. And like the the one with Sean, also in that same place, uh, they had a stage that was hydraulic, so you know, like one stage you could raise and then the other one would stay lower. So we did the same thing with, with the two tables and uh, left the low stage as low as could be and then raised the second one as high as it could go. We got up one time and uh, I had stopped Sean for a moment. I went to hip toss him. He blocked it and he reversed it and he tossed, hip tossed me through two tables onto the floor. Andy, did you ever seen that? It's on, it's on YouTube. Yeah, you know what? You know what's crazy about that? I was watching that, and I didn't think that was you. I don't know why. You know, obviously Venom, and you played a character Venom. I don't know why. I never realized it, or maybe I, I stupidly didn't put two and two together that it was you. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool to be but, yeah. in that, that random Shawn Michaels match, you know, in those, that four years that he didn't wrestle. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And but you know, then like you know, when I when I just like after uh, they had separated, you know, at, at one point we had ran out of opponents in WWE. After you know, we had wound up working. We went through Bushwhackers. We went through LOD. We went through the Rockers. Those were all the you know babyface teams that were there at the time. So they wound up 
splitting us up. So I was then just working as Cato, just singled. And for a while there, I worked uh, Tito Santana. Like every night we would be on first. And I, oh man, anytime I could work with Tito, I enjoy that. So what a great you know, worker. Oh my God. Uh, I was just, and then a good guy that I was, you know, we traveled, we, at that time we traveled together. So because we knew we'd be on first, <laughs> we just work our match and get on out of there. But no, yeah, I, I always enjoyed, you know, I always enjoyed working Tito. Sure. As far as Max Moon, obviously it did make its return in New Japan. Did you own the actual gimmick? I mean, did you did you no, get to keep it when no. you left? Nope. They didn't want me to actually use it, and I told them, "Well, okay, uh, you can say what you want, but I have to make a living, so I'm going to use it, and you can stop me." They never did nothing. I never. I mean, I didn't really use it all that much, anyways. Yeah, do you still have the physical I, outfit? I do not. I do oh. Not. Uh, somebody actually kind of, uh, no, I guess I could say stole it from me. Uh, I, I had it, and I was working for this guy in uh, Vermont, and I had just went through a surgery where I blew out my uh, tricep in 97 when I was in Nashville. And, uh, you know, after the surgery, he had a show, and I thought I could work it, and I told him I would work it. So he booked me, promoted me, and I then wound up not being able to work it. So he said, well, just send me the costume, and I'll just fix somebody else in it, and then I'll send it back to you. He never sent it back to me. And then I found out that some of these autograph signings, he was renting my Max Moon costume to these other promoters uh, to uh, wear the, the uh, Max Moon costume. Wow. Like for their shows or yeah, whatever. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I, man, I can't believe that. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I mean, but this business has got all kinds of people in it, so I'm not surprised. Crazy. Well, you know, one big final question for uh, for me, for you, is kind of your your lasting legacy or your stamp that you left in the business. You know, to me, obviously, great worker, could work with anybody, make anybody look good. But what, in, in essence, is the lasting legacy of a Paul Diamond? Uh, you know what I mean? Basically, I, I think that that would be it for me, too. You know, just the fact that... Uh, you know how they, they would say, well, you know, he could work with the broomstick. Mm. And I kind of, I, I imagine, you know, I sort of wanted to be known as somebody that were, he could have a good match with anybody. And, you know, it didn't matter uh, if I was uh, going over or not, whatever. It was just, uh, you know, a hard worker and could have a great match with anybody. That really sounds good up. Now, do you have any uh, plugs that you want to give out to where anybody maybe can reach you or maybe book you or some bookings you got coming up? Yeah, yeah. Please give yeah, us I some of your plugs. I, uh, I just I do have uh, a booking coming up in actually in New Jersey, the 13th of October in, uh, oh my God, Monroe. Yes, Monroe, right. Yes, nice. I will be there yes. in Monroe, yeah. Yes. And, uh, but I don't, you know, I really kind of haven't, 
sort of I didn't really pursue a lot of these signings and stuff like now. Uh, my dear wife has got on my case and she's actually uh, got me on Instagram and, you know, is uh, just trying to get me to promote myself more and, and maybe she has even um, emailed and called other promoters that run these shows and stuff and she just stays on me to, uh, you know, do that. So uh, right now, that's the only show that I have booked uh, as of right now, uh, but uh, probably uh, they will uh, have you know some more coming uh, shortly. Like I said, because she's not going to quit. <laughs> she's not going to let me just not do uh, you know keep pursuing it. So, yeah. Very good, and uh, we will see you in New Jersey at Legends of the Ring on October thirteenth because um, we will be there as well. Awesome. So that'll be good stuff. Hey, that'll be good to meet you. Yeah, you bet. Awesome. Well, Paul, appreciate all the time and the awesome stories uh, you gave us today, even some personal stories. So very, very cool stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and I look forward to seeing you in New Jersey. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.